Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. I'm Laura Gapon. I'm Paisley Gilmore, and this week we'll be joined by Rose, who, like normal people's Marianne, was in a secret relationship. I can't wait to discuss this one, honestly. I hope you wore a chain. Are you? <laughs> the only reason that uh, <laughs> it would ever be okay is if he was wearing a chain. Um, are you still obsessed with normal people? Because I am. I am, but I think it put me in a bad place. I know we spoke about it last week, but I, I do think that's the reason that I've been a bit of a sad girl. Yeah. Do you think the same? same? If anything, it's been a window into real life and like you could have this intimacy with someone if there wasn't a pandemic. Like it's almost torture to, <laughs> yeah. to watch. <laughs> this yeah. is what you could have in a year's time. Year's, although, Elsie, you can now meet someone if you stay two metres away from them in a park out, outdoors. Oh, yeah. Uh, socially distance, of course. Yeah. Um, so where are you going with this? Well, obviously... I don't know about you, but I met up with one friend this weekend and it did feel very unusual. But loads of people I know are kind of using this loosening of restrictions to go on dates, like socially distant dates. And I wondered, would you ever? I just am not in the mood right now. I think that's no judgment to obviously people that are because mm. it's in the rules. Um, mm. I just feel like I still haven't seen... Like my sister's had a baby and I can't actually hold like my niece or I don't know. I feel like it would be weird to go on a date when I still haven't seen people in my life. And I just don't know if I'm in a good place to go on. I don't know if I just care about going on a date right now. What are yeah. you, are, are you different? No, I feel exactly the same as you weirdly. Like I, I'm definitely prioritizing seeing my friends that I love. Like when you have limited social interaction I, I'm, I'm always like, why would I personally waste it on someone if I don't know if we're going to get on? Like, I, I want to use it with people who I love. The, alternatively, what if you do meet and you get on really, really well? Like, you don't know when you're actually going to be able to properly hang out. So kind of like, I, my thought is, why do it now? Yeah, my friend was saying she's really enjoying at the moment, like the, um, as well, from my experience, guys always mm. um, put on their dating apps like they're not looking for a pen pal. Um, honestly, that's my pet peeve. Ooh. But she um, said that she's loving like having more of a pen pal relationship with someone where you talk more. Because I think now the whole thing has been like, no, just like get a drink in, like lock it down quick. But I think it is nice to talk a bit more. So I feel like I would 
talk to people, but I just don't think I would be in a rush to meet up. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. I mean, dating apps have been saying that the amount of time people are spending on messaging has just like gone through the roof compared to what it was like before, which like you say, if you're looking for like something more meaningful, that's brilliant and really positive. But like for me, I've just come out of a relationship. That's almost the opposite to what I want I just want to have fun so it seems wrong to spend ages messaging someone and go on a date where I can't touch them when all I want to do is touch someone Cindy Lauper over there um I love how your references are so stuck in like the 80s <laughs> 80s baby baby yeah, um true. I'm glad that we're in agreement on that though I just mm. I, I don't know I know that it's okay in the rules but I think the rules are so weird now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, I just can't be bothered. We, although I do think, as we said, normal people has put us in this funk. So yeah, it's all their fault. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Maybe Rose will make us sadder. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she will. Let's bring her on and do some more crying. <laughs> We're joined today by Rose Stokes, who, like Marianne and normal people, had a boyfriend who wouldn't acknowledge their relationship in public. This impacted how she felt about herself and affected her later relationships. After watching Normal People, Rose tweeted about her experiences and was inundated with similar stories from other people, mainly women who'd had a partner hide their relationship. Now 32, she's here to talk about how secret relationships can have a long-lasting impact. Welcome, Rose. Hi. Hello. (laughs) I am so excited to talk about this with you, mainly because I've been on such a big normal people hype. Um, So I feel like you're the real life version. Well, um, I also (laughs) just um, went through a particularly like dark spell of um, lockdown last week and decided to just watch normal people again because I figured if there was anything that was going to make me feel something, it was that. So I've now watched it twice through. Why would you do that to yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've OD'd a little bit. But yes, I suppose I am to a certain degree. I a certain degree real life Marianne, although there are some there are some distinct differences. Um, in the sense that I was not unpopular at school, um, which sounds like something someone unpopular would say. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> she's getting defensive. Sure. Um, yeah, sure, I loads of friends. Um, but like, so I suppose I did. I wrote. I wrote the piece for for um, Paisley and it made me reflect back then on why um, why there might have been a reason to hide our relationship and sort of what what his motivating factors were. But interestingly enough, it wasn't to do with we were, I wasn't in a there was no in the social hierarchy of our sixth form there was there was no reason why I was sort of considered less in fact in fact guys I think I was more popular so um, <laughs> she bucked the trend so um, you were yeah can we re, yeah. can we rewind can we that rewind yeah <laughs> um so yeah how old were you when you met and how did you meet so we met in a level French um, or AS level, I suppose. Um, I went to uh, the local comprehensive school and then everyone got filtered into like a com- like a sixth form college. And so there was loads of people from different, all over like it, like rural suburbia. Um, there was there was massive sixth form college. And so I was thrown into a group of um, other students. I didn't know anyone. Uh, so day one, A level or AS level French, I 
we had there was a seating plan and I got sat next to him and um that was how we met and then I think we both did Spanish as well although I think maybe in year one we weren't in the same class but um yeah we was we, we sat next to each other basically and it, it was like very instantaneous chemistry in the sense that we just clicked and um yeah I guess it, it developed and unfolded very naturally in the way that things do when you're that age so would you talk outside of that lesson or were your only yeah. interactions in French? No, well, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> actually, in, in class, like we used to get in trouble for, um, we used to get in trouble for uh, chatting too much. And then our sort of get, get around that was to chat in French so that we were like, well, um, we are practicing. Um, no, we, so we used to get in trouble a lot in French, basically, loads, in fact. In fact, I remember with some resentment, and he still laughs about it now because we've stayed in touch, um, there was a parents' evening where my parents got told that I was a bad influence on the students that sat around me because I didn't shut up. And his parents told um, that were told that he was um, sat next, he was easily distracted by a girl who was, um uh very popular misbehaving (laughs) misbehaving and I remember at the time being really like really irritated by it because it was like we were both equally bad but all the blame got leveled at me remember having it like parents getting like serious like serious talks but yeah at some point or another we must have exchanged numbers I don't really know how like or when but yeah we started texting I think quite early on I remember there being Spanish exchange which would have been sort of springtime of that first year and I remember that was when we sort of crossed the threshold a little bit of like because we used to flirt a lot and then it got more intense and and um I remember then we were texting more there was like things got a little bit more suggestive I don't know but it's really difficult to remember the chronology because obviously I'm so old now that uh (laughs) 15 years ago but you Um, both fancied each other it definitely wasn't just a friendship it was obvious that you uh, both wanted more you know at the time I didn't have much self-esteem and so and it's it's a pattern I think I've entered into in a lot of relationships actually um I think I didn't know if he fancied me but obviously looking back now it's clear that he did and that there was something there and and like he's admitted that he did and whatever but at the time we never talked about anything it was like you know the the excruciating silence the thing I think think about with Marianne and Connell is how many things like slip between two people when they're too afraid to admit how they feel and I think with him and I it was sort of we just skated around the issue. I think I was going through, like at the time, my parents had just got divorced. So I was going through quite a lot of turbulence at home. And I think I just clung on to him. And I think I also was a bit too scared to confront it and ask him how he felt. Because if he'd have said, like, no, I like, then I'd have lost too much. Do you know what I mean? So I think there was a lot of different factors. Um, but we never really, but then, you know, I remember like on the Spanish exchange, like, he bought me a rose and there was just loads of things that happened that like now looking back, like it was so obvious by the time um, I wasn't confident enough in myself to read that as attraction, maybe. I totally understand. I think a lot of people can relate to that. What was your relationship like, Rose? Like how often were you seeing each other and like what 
why was it a secret? Like, why did no one know about it? This is this is the, this is the thing that's slightly different because I look back now, or now and I don't really know. I think uh, as you know, like my therapist will cheer when I say this, but um, like I'm sure it was more to do with him in the sense that I think that he was just he had quite a conservative family. Like his dad was very religious. I don't know whether he had never really liked anyone like that before and like he was quite like you know he was into football had like his lad mates I think he was worried about showing that he had feelings or something I don't to be honest it's really difficult to say Mm. but at the time I was very 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 convinced that it was because of my weight so Mm. without him ever saying that like my sort of 17 year old brain decided that that was what it was and it took like it was only later in therapy that I realized that that was something that I had just attached to it without any input from him if that makes sense yeah Yeah. you'd made that decision and and then it's all tied into self-esteem isn't it like if you've got low self-esteem you can understand why someone might want to hide you and you think, oh, well, fair, fair enough, I understand, because he must see what I see, right? Yeah. So I guess that's why we never really confronted it. I think I was too scared to ask. Very early on, we'd be texting, like, all night, all day, all of our free periods together. Like, we'd help each other with homework. We'd, I'd drive him home every day, even though he lived, like, 20 or 30 minutes Aww. away. Um, even though, because I passed my driving test really early and we'd sit in his car outside his house. I remember we'd park down the road so his parents couldn't see and we'd sit in his car, in my car for like an hour and like play each other boys to men and all sorts of other other things and like make each other playlists and stuff. You know, the sort of weird stuff Mm -hmm. you do when you're 17. And I remember it got vaguely physical, but we never really properly cross the threshold it was all just kind it was just all it was all really innocent in loads of ways and and it's really hard for me to remember the chronology but I guess eventually I got sick of the fact that I, I went through my like list of ways to make him more comfortable because I made the friends then with one of his friends on a French trip that he didn't come on. And I was like, oh, if I make friends with this guy and he thinks I'm cool, then maybe maybe the guy I'm seeing will be like, oh, yeah, she's cool and she's my girlfriend or she's, do you know what I mean? So I kind yeah. of, I did, did loads of little things like that, but then unfortunately ended up getting really close to the second guy and, um, and well, yeah, ended up sort of getting with him. <laughs> later on later on um so when you would be outside his kind of house like talking mm-hmm. did you kind of long to go into his house because I guess like you say that would take your like relationship to the next level like going in his room did you feel like you were kind of shut off from like knowing him on a like a deeper level like kind of like Connor and stuff like it's just you didn't know everything about him you knew what he wanted you to know so yeah I suppose he told me like all about his family and stuff and I mean I don't even know like he used to come around my house because I me and my mum had just moved in to another house and so the house was empty more often so he'd quite often come to mine obviously I had the car but yeah it was weird it's weird because initially you'd I'm sure initially it was weird and then it just became normal and then you just don't question it do you I think um uh, like it's, it became our normal, I suppose. Like, and 
So you wouldn't ask. And I guess, did no one at a sixth form ever kind of guess or question you? Oh, I'm sure they did. In fact, I told a few people. Like, There's quite a few people. In fact, when I post, when I posted this article, I had a couple of friends from sixth form like get in touch and be like, oh my God, this is really nostalgic. Like I remember this whole will they, won't they thing. And I think another thing to say is that when you've been brought up on a diet of like friends and Ross and Rachel and like rom-coms and stuff and you, and that's, and I'm also going through like a parental divorce, like my understanding of what constitutes a healthy, secure attachment to someone or relationship is, was, was, was sort of, you know, in flux. And I think it, mm. it might otherwise have questioned the way that it was, but I didn't really have anything to compare it to. And or like anything healthy to compare it to. So I think, and obviously I'd look at my friends that had boyfriends that would acknowledge them uh, publicly, but it was very easy for me to file that away in the, oh, it's because I'm fat and they're not folder, which is, I think, what I did for many years. When you are when you were like out and about with him and his friends, did he just like not acknowledge you then? Like, what was it? We were just like really good mates. To be honest, uh, I think a lot of them knew, like... Well, and I'm sure that they did. In the show, they all know. <laughs> that's the point of normal people. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And I, I mean, they all knew. Like, um, a lot of them spoke to me about it afterwards because I sort of, eventually when I ended it, he went through quite a bad period with it. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, yeah, you know, because obviously he was in love with you. And I was like, well, was he? Because <laughs> he never said. And, like, he didn't want me to be his girlfriend. So... Like, how was I supposed to know? So I suppose, yeah, out in public, there was just like a lot of, I we just sort of went out of our way to just always be on our own, really. And then yeah. I remember being at a party once where I thought we might sort of cross that threshold, but it didn't happen and feeling like really disappointed because I, I was, you know, after, a, I think, I mean, it was maybe like five, six months. I can't remember the trajectory of it, but I remember that I lost my tether with it and 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 eventually some someone else started like trying to get to know me and I suppose the thought of somebody that was willing to claim me publicly um yeah was was then quite attractive because I was like what am I doing here ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So when you kind of broke things off with him, um, I guess, how did you do it? Um, and did you end your friendship as well as whatever else you were, your kind of relationship that he wouldn't name? <laughs> um, good question. I ended it catastrophically, like in the way <laughs> oh, that, I love any, that any teenager would do. Like I didn't have a conversation with him per se. I think what I did was hook up with his friend the aforementioned one um, who'd made a pass of me and then go into a pit of, "Uh uh-oh, what have I done? And then just kind of vaguely retreat. And then (laughs) (laughs) that was towards the summer holidays, I think. I I remember coming back to school in September and having like a proper showdown like him and I like screaming at each other in the hallways because he was like where did you go kind of thing and he didn't know he never found out about me hooking up with his friend until years later when he sent me a Facebook message like we were both at university both studying languages at different universities and he um he dropped into my Facebook messages and was like by the way I found out um and we had we sort of had a long conversation at that point. Um, oh, tell us the conversation, please. Desperate to know. <laughs> heavily, heavily invested now. Um, so no, he just messaged. I think I think it was like it was just like, I'm showing my age here. It was just when Facebook had been like started, and everyone was like, "Oh, I went to school with this person," and adding each other as friends. And then at some point in the second year, I remember because I had a boyfriend at that point, and just want to put a pin in this to return to um, the whole difficult to start relationship thing repeated itself a few times after this and has only been rectified fairly recently so as in like the pattern that 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 started has has sort of shown itself in other relationships um but yeah I had a boyfriend then and he had a girlfriend and god I remember I used to look at her um Facebook and be like how come he's willing to put in a relationship on Facebook with her when he would like never admit that I was his girlfriend and that sort of I think thing a lot of people can relate to that mm-hmm. yeah because remember like Facebook used to force people to define their relationships which is actually quite radical now like we could all <laughs> do with a bit of that I think and um I I remember messaging or him messaging and just being a sort of like hey it's been a couple of years how are you getting on with your degree what's it like I'm doing the same degree like and, oh, and I think we were both off on a year abroad or something like that. And then at some point he just said, by the way, I found out about the other guy at the pub or something over Christmas. At some point someone mentioned it and he was like, it really hurt. I didn't know that that had happened. And we talked about it and I basically said, yeah, but I mean, I just had no idea how you felt about me. There was also, I've, I've skipped a big part where things got really messy with me and him towards the end of my our second year at college and like quite nasty and so he said that he'd gone through a big emotional sort of time with it because I basically disappeared and then I was like you know flirting with other people that he knew and he didn't like that and but anyway we sort of had this big long Facebook chat where I was like 
we kind of put all of our cards on the table, I suppose. And then it was just really sad, actually, because I was like, well... So did he finally confess the kind of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think I think at that point he said that he'd been in love with me. And at that point, mm. I, rather than feeling like vindicated, I just felt really sad because I was like, God, if we just had this, if we'd been able to find those words, like how much heartache could we possibly have circumvented uh, and and it didn't really make me feel happy because I was like and then and then since then like we at different stages of our because another thing is we both got jobs in Canary Wharf after uni <laughs> so we used to bump into each other sometimes sometimes on purpose sometimes not and I've seen them at a few like do's and the chemistry that we always had is just still there and it's so palpable and I think the thing that will always draw me to him is that I just feel like my 17-year-old self, every time I'm around him, it's all just really fun and there's such a nice energy and, you know, it's really, like, innocent in a way. And I also think yeah. that he he really, really sees me. He he knows me well enough and he sees me in such a nice, positive way. Like, it's it's really nice and it has that real sort of fragility and obviously he's a big part of my past from an important time and formative time in my life. And um, it's very easy to fall down the, oh, you know, one that got away because we never actually properly were a thing so it's it's quite a weird feeling but we sort of touch on it every now and then and then return to our lives basically and then don't speak for a few years did he say why he never kind of admitted to it or kind of kept you hidden probably we've had some really long conversations about it I think he just says that he doesn't know why, that he was a stupid teenager, was embarrassed to have feelings, didn't really know what the feelings were, didn't really know what she was sort of having his, like, you know, sexual, emotional awakening at the age of 16, 17, and was working out who he was and, and didn't really know what to do about it and couldn't really admit to himself what was going on, maybe, something like that. But then when I pulled away, he said that, you know, he felt like a a loss and that kind of woke him up to the fact not defending him here at all but I guess it maybe was more complicated as well because if you were such good friends as well you know that can complicate yeah, things. yeah. you know like if you took your friendship into that would he lose you as a friend not defending him um just to be oh clear. my god don't no defend him I don't I, I hope it hasn't come across as an attack against us so he's the one the way I look at it is I still hold him really dearly there's I don't blame him or me or any of us I think it was just circumstantial I think I had some stuff to deal with I think he did I've got absolutely no resentment about any of it and in fact all I think actually having those conversations allowed me to just look back at it really nicely and think oh you know that was really pure lovely emotional um experience that we had together I don't I yeah I mean I don't I don't think either of us was more to blame I mean, I, I, I also am guilty and still am of, of going along with things and not asserting my needs in relationships. So I think it takes two. And um, we've both come a long way since then. And also not very far at all <laughs> in the sense that like when we hang out, it's just like, oh, he still calls me like uses the same like stupid wind-ups that he used to when we were 17. But yeah, no, it's a nice, it's a nice thing. It's not, there's no resentment. I don't. I, I think one thing that I've had to confront that I think I sort of touched on in my article is that it has definitely emerged sometimes in later relationships. And I think I sort of learnt at that point that it was difficult to start relationships. And it's something that 
followed me a little bit. Why was it difficult? Like, was it that, again, you were worried that you wouldn't have the public acknowledgement? Like, Well, there's one particular relationship I had a decade later where, like, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, where my boyfriend at the time did refuse to acknowledge me um, and did tell me that it was because of my weight. So I went from a situation of being... 17 and connecting the dots myself in a negative way to being 27 and being told that and and it sort of confirmed that sort of worst suspicion Mm -hmm. I'd had a 17 year old that's awful yeah and and the only reason why I bring it up and why I think it's relevant is I think I wonder if if when I was 17 I had been taught to value myself I had some more self-esteem I had you know the ability to understand what I contributed to a relationship and why I shouldn't be hidden. I wonder whether 10 years later I'd have been more angry about someone saying it to me. But in fact, Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, yeah, fair enough. Makes sense. This has happened before. And that then was the worst relationship of my life, which carried on for a long time. And I wonder whether, you know, that would have happened. However, you know, it's all lessons, isn't it? Like I wouldn't trade... I wouldn't trade in the experience for the wisdom that I've learned from those things. I'm so sorry that happened to you. That sounds... Yeah, that is awful. Sorry, I've really lowered the tone. No, no, we haven't at all. And I think so many people could relate to all of this. And I know um, the story is like from your 17, but I think that like lack of communication, I feel like with modern dating is something that people are experiencing all the time now. Like, what are we? What is this? I think as well, like, no one ever wants to say things how they are. And it's really strange, isn't it? Because so much of your interactions you have. So I'm single now um, and dating, if you can call it that, during lockdown. And so many of your interactions with people, like, and so much of your idea of people is actually just gleaned from their online presence or you're filling in dots or you're assuming that they are sort of reading things in a certain way and you're not actually really communicating that honestly. And I started chatting to a guy maybe like a week ago um, and he's been like really breath of fresh air, like really like, okay, let's put everything out on the table. This is what I'm looking for. And just like really honest and open. And it's kind of made me realise that that is possible. So we'll see. But I think the thing that made me, that that struck me and strikes me when I keep watching normal people because Apparently, I can't watch anything else anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is, is the tragedy. I remember just when I put the book down thinking how many relationships have failed because two people, not because their feelings didn't match up, but because they of things that they weren't able to admit to each other. Not that they, like, they didn't have the words or they weren't emotionally capable or if they weren't aware enough but like how many relationships do you think like when people get into you know dire straits or when there's arguing or there's this and that and every each side digs in their heels or whatever like how many times do you think and I just think it must be millions (laughs) like it happens it must happen every day where someone's like in my because because you know so much of our communication with each other is 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 non-verbal what if you just pick it up wrong what if you've what if you've intimated something incorrectly and then acted upon that um without actually properly communicating like for me that's the biggest lesson from normal people is is that so often we're wrong about our assumptions of how the other person feels 
and um and so making a decision based on that is um unlikely to go well (laughs) I took that from the show as well it was so frustrating you just kind of wanted to knock their heads together and be like talk you idiots like but also when I was 16 I was exactly the same so and I probably still am now to be honest yeah I was gonna say basically (laughs) (laughs) but it's not even that it's like it's like oh you know I know like I know now like there's just so much layering isn't there of what you can do and say to yourself to to it's not that simple because sometimes the the most difficult communication blockage and um hey um sounding a bit like Oprah now is between you and yourself and and if you can't hear or like tap into your own needs then there's no way that you're going to communicate them to someone else so I think like that the biggest difficulty I would say and at the age of 17 when no one's taught you I'm just going to return to my favorite point ever that I think we should have like better relationship education for younger people but if no one's told you if you don't have that at home or like anything any guide at home and you it's your first experience of relationship like you might just think well this maybe this is what relationships are like and then that and then if it doesn't get corrected then it can follow you around for the rest of your life so I think um yeah I don't know if I've gone a bit of course there no you haven't I completely agree like it's like how we well I believe like masturbation needs to be taught before sex with other people education, just like relationships do before you, it would be nice to get that info before you enter relationships, you know, so that. And also like so much of our relationships are just trying to correct (laughs) like bad, like lessons that we've learned earlier in like to getting healthier and happier, like it's sort of challenging Mm -hmm. those things that you've learned incorrectly earlier on in your life. Like if, if someone had told you that your pleasure was important and this is how to get it, like, like allowed you to assert that in relationships. I think there's so much that can be gained from that. And in terms of like, obviously like um, imbalance of power in relationships is something that we see a lot of, particularly in the patriarchy. Um, But I think um, teaching women to value themselves equally in relationships um, from a young age, I think would would have a huge impact in terms of the things that they'd be more willing to challenge rather than just passively accept later on. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And if people want to, um, like normal people, re- hear your story um your article with paisley's on the site i'm um, on cosmo's site isn't it it is it is i i think it's called secret relationship um <laughs> well, you can, they can find you on twitter right rose and read it there yes you can at rose stokes there you go cheeky plug <laughs> well thank, <laughs> thank you so you, much no worries thank you so much guys i don't know about you paisley but i feel kind of emotional after that Oh, you always feel emotional. <laughs> I know it's, it's heightened under the duvet, but what do you, I feel what I don't do you think. Um, I just think that is a story that, like I said, women now can kind of relate to. Just that thing of what are we? And mm-hmm. I don't know the whole time as well, like how she was saying, because I kind of wanted them to be together at the end, and even mm. if that wasn't like a healthy relationship, like oh, that's a bit messed up, isn't it? You still wanted it, yeah. Um, I thought it was so interesting that she she and him, her and him, are so, like, cool now because I know what I'm like and if someone had kept me hidden, I know as an adult I'd, I'm very simplistic and I'd be like, well, they don't deserve me. But as she says, it's not as simple as he wasn't ashamed of her. It, he had so much going on in his mind and under the surface that she didn't know about. Like, it's not as simple as that, is it? 
Like, yeah, it just makes you wish that people could be a bit more upfront. Mm-hmm. And I know I understand that there's more layers to it, but I think also just trusting people. I can't imagine mm-hmm. in their relationship there was something he could have said to her that mm-hmm. would have kind of really upset her or shocked her do you know what I mean I just just talk yeah. just communicate don't be a con I know but that's so much easier said than done it is well we've come to the end yay no <laughs> boo <laughs> I'm sad great to communication say. between us there <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for listening to this episode of Cosmopolitan's All The Way With thank you to Rose for joining us and obviously to you for listening if you have any sex questions or dating dilemmas that you want Paisley to answer please message us on Twitter or Instagram at Cosmopolitan UK Cosmopolitan's All The Way With was recorded by Number 8 Studios remotely and is available to download on all the usual podcast apps we're off to rewatch normal people right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.